Welcome to the New Books Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Disturbance W channel in New Books Networks. Today, I'm very happy to introduce Dr. Uh, Yoshiko Okuyama to join us to introduce her newest book, Tojisha Manga. So the first thing I want to do is let Dr. Okuyama to introduce herself to us. Okay, hello. Thank you, Shu, for having me again for the Disability Studies channel on New Books Network. I'm so delighted to be here today, especially because opportunities for me to share my research on disability study is quite limited at where I teach. So I'm very grateful for this. Uh, once again, my name is Yoshiko Okuyama. I sometimes go by Yoyo. <laughs> and I was born and raised in Japan, and I live in Hawaii now. I'm a professor of Japanese studies at the University of Hawaii at Hilo. I'm also an affiliated scholar at Ritsumeikan University's Graduate School, Institute of Arvibandi in Kyoto, Japan. And this institute specializes in disability studies and other related fields such as bioethics. And currently, I'm a visiting scholar at Cornell University until December 2023. And I'm the author of three books, Japanese Mythology in Film, Reframing Disability Manga, and most recently, Tojisha Manga, Japan's Graphic Memoirs of Brain and Mental Health, which I will talk about today. And I would like to dedicate this talk to the memory of Dr. Mark Bookman. Mark was a rising star of disability studies in Japan and also a friend of mine who passed away unexpectedly last December. And a documentary, Mark, A Call to Action by director Ron Small uh, will premiere this fall, I heard. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much. So my next, uh, regarding my next question, I want to invite you to talk about, um, to introduce the reason why you take interest in both mental health and uh, comic book studies. Thank you so much for asking me this question. Uh, professionally, I'm trained as an applied linguist. After reading some great books about sign language communities, such as Margaret Fox, Talking Hands, and Dr. Karen Nakamura's Death in Japan, I became very interested in and conducted research about deaf students' cell phone texting. And that was the beginning of my journey as a scholar of disability studies. So why am I researching on mental health right now, right? Uh, Well, while I was finishing the manuscript of my previous book, I was selected to attend the National Endowment for Humanities Sama Institute Institute on Disability Studies. And there I met Dr. Michael Rembis. He was one of the lecturers of the institute. Uh, During Mike's presentation on mental disability, I thought to myself, wait a second, I know this topic in a most personal way. Then I asked myself, why don't I look back on my family history? So that's how it started. And uh, throughout my life, 
I've seen how OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, has impacted on my mother's health. And that reflection motivated me to look at the topic of mental health as a scholar. And that was a moment of epiphany for this book, for which I fortunately received research grants, including the funding from the Association for Asian Studies. So now, why have I taken an academic interest in comic books, especially Japanese comics, or what we call manga? Uh, Growing up in Japan, I read a lot of manga. And actually, I dreamed about becoming a manga artist myself. Well, that career choice didn't work out for me. <laughs> but fast forward in 2000, in the 2000s, uh, when I realized manga's popularity among my students at this university, in this country, and all over the world, I decided to offer a course on manga. And uh, it was fall 2009, I think. Uh, the course was originally titled Gender and Minorities in Japanese Comics. But after I attended the NEH Disability Study Institute I just mentioned, I changed the title to Gender and Disability in Manga. So this is a happy marriage of my two academic interests, disability studies and comic studies. And I still read manga, although I don't have a lot of time for it anymore. Uh, But whenever I have to work on my research, but I don't feel like it, (laughs) I read a new manga (laughs) as a sort of excuse for myself. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, thank you so much for your answer again. So now let's turn to your book. So for the first question, I want to invite you to introduce the keyword Tojisha as the background of research subject Tojisha manga. That's a great question because the social cultural context of the word Tojisha is very important to understand what I mean by Tojisha manga. So thank you so much for asking this question. Uh, originally, the term tojisha referred to a party or insider involved in a legal case. But then it began to be used to refer to individuals with direct experience of discrimination or oppression. And now the term tojisha marks the membership of a minority population whose voice has been suppressed in mainstream discourse. So how did that semantic transition happen, right? Um, in the 1970s, Japan had a Tojisha Undo minority rights movement, and it was during this time in which the idea of sovereignty for people with disabilities was promoted. And it started with the independent living movement propagated by disability uh, rights activists, especially the members of the Association of Greengrass or Aoi Shibano Kai in Japanese. And during that period, the term Tojisha became a self-referent to rebuff the official label of Shogai Sha or a disabled person in Japanese, which was branded by medical professionals and the government. 
Um, to be clear, though, that the word tojisha is an old inclusive term. So it's not used only by people with disability, but uh, other types of minorities and marginalized people also use that term as an identity marker. So essentially, it means I'm an insider and I'm someone deeply and directly uh, involved in it. So therefore, you can call yourself or someone else an LGBTQ tojisha or mental health tojisha. So it just means that you are the person with direct experience of the issue at hand. And here is an important point. Well, this book is about graphic memoirs of mental disability, right? So I intentionally avoided using the official label Seishin Shogaisha, a Japanese with, I mean, the people with mental disability in Japanese, uh, because, because of its negative connotation. Well, to me, it is more appropriate to use tojisha for you know, people with direct experience, including these authors of the graphic memoirs, in a respectful way to address them. And another important point is that this term also affords more agency to those involved to uh, belonging to a coalition. So it emphasizes that they are the ones who can and should decide what to do for themselves. And we must remember that it was at that time of uh, minority rights movement when the importance of Tojisha's voices was acknowledged for the first time in history. So in these regards, Tojisha is similar to English expression mental health consumers and uh, psychiatric system survivors. And I believe that adopting this term helps destigmatize disability and empowers those with lived experience of mental and neurological conditions. So with these with this social historical background, I call this particular group of comics Tojisha Manga. Thank you. Thank you so much for your answer again. So my about for the next question, I want to invite you to talk about those topics associated with the first person narrative from the nature and aim of the autobiography to the recent emergence of life writing on disability and illness. Yeah, in this chapter, I try to nail down the benefits and strengths of first-person narratives. So, for example, first-person narratives on mental health experiences are more effective in conveying the message that we are not a threat to society. Rather, we are an ordinary part of human society. And research indicates that self-narratives help reduce stigma. And studies after studies tell us that mental health memoirs can be an effective resource for medical education, for early intervention, for support for employment and self-transformation, for relapse prevention. And as I said before, um, as a tool of stigma reduction. So this chapter provides 
an important theoretical background for distinguishing this particular genre of first-person comics from other types of manga. And by using this term, tojisha manga, I wanted to achieve these three things. Number one, um, I wanted to emphasize that graphic memoirs tell the reader what is it like to live through the stigma attached to the label of being insane or having personality flaws. And these first-person uh, you know, memoirs will tell the reader what is it like to have a painful and isolating experience of a men- mental dis- disability. And then second, I argue uh, that these manga are not just stories about the Tojisha's journey to recovery, but they are the narratives through which we learn how these manga artists themselves discover meaning by creating their narratives with visual tropes and metaphors creatively. And third, I wanted to advocate for the importance of an emic perspective, which did not exist in earlier generations of manga. So it is in this genre where we hear real-life, authentic voices of Tojisha, I believe. Thank you. Okay, thank you for your answer again. So now let's turn to chapter four. I would like to invite you to talk about how um, essay manga convey the author's perspective on several themes, such as mental health issues and the child-rearing difficulty with first-person narration, and to teach us the wisdom of life through the hearing power of humor. Right, another great question. Um, in this chapter, I articulated the genesis of Japan's auto- autobiographical comics called essay manga as an already established genre. And essay manga emerged in the 1970s, became popular in the 1980s and 1990s, and had so-called the Big Bang in the, the early 2000s, especially with the mega hit manga, My Darling is a Foreigner. So you can say essay mangas are casual readings of serious social issues, such as parenting, divorce, mental health, domestic violence, well, what have you. So this genre actually revolutionized comic readership in Japan. And I believe this chapter is of, of particular interest to comic studies scholars, especially because the genre of essay manga itself has not been well researched beyond Japan. So what's the chapter's relationship to Tojisha manga, right? Uh, well, the majority of Tojisha manga titles have come out of this genre essay manga. So therefore, Essay uh, manga's characteristics, such as simply drawn characters and panel layouts, use of self-deprecating humor, and candid, candid and poignant observation of one's own experience, all resonate in the nature of Tojisha manga. Uh, thank you. Okay, thank you for your answer again and again. So now let's turn to chapter five. For this chapter, I want to invite you to talk about Okida Bakas, Tojisha's manga, uh, sorry, Tojisha manga, Gaki no Tameki. All 
Nice. Thank you for the, your question, Shu.、Uh, but before I answer it,、uh, please allow me to clarify that structurally, in, uh, in part one, uh, part two of this book, I provided a semiotic analysis of each of five an, an amazing Tojisha manga stories. So the analysis part starts with this chapter, chapter five. And in addition, this book contains 40. Uh, drawings from these five manga, which unfortunately we cannot show to the reader. So I hope that those who are interested will see them in the actual book. And now、uh, let me get back to your question. So, what is this manga about?、Uh, Gaki no Tameiki is a three volume autobiographical comic series written and illustrated by Okita Baka. And they are published by Kodansha, a major publishing company in Japan, from 2011 to 2013. And the story is about Okita's lived experience of Hatta Shogai. What is Hatta Shogai? Well, I'm going to get back, uh, get, uh, explain it in a minute.、Uh, the protagonist, Baka chan, is the childhood Okita herself in this story. So, what is Hattat Shogai? Well, in English, Hattat Shogai is translated as developmental disabilities. But it's not the same as developmental disabilities defined in DSM 5, which includes intellectual disability and language disorder.、Uh, by the way, DSM stands for Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental,、uh, mental Disorders. So, in Japan, Hattat Shogai is a three pronged neurological condition that entails Asperger's syndrome, learning disability, and attention deficit hyperactivity disorder or ADHD. So, it's not an intellectual disability. And another difference is that this condition is listed under men, mental disability in Japan.、Uh, but to be clear, of course,、uh, Hattat Shoga is not a mental illness, it is a neurological disorder. So here is an important point socially and culturally,、uh, this condition leaves a serious negative impact on the individual who suffers from it. Both in school and at work.、Uh, what are the symptoms of Hatta Shogai then? Well, for example, the child would rock her, her chair wildly or keep moving around in the classroom when they are not supposed to. So, in Baka chan's case, her teachers were unfamiliar with this brain condition and labeled her Mondaiji, a problem child. And some of them even physically punished her. And in the, I think at the,、uh, grade three, she developed selective mutism,、uh, which is a temporary in inability to speak at anxiety triggering events. So、uh, Okita's memoir pro,、uh, promotes the need of, needs of ASPs and for creating a culture of. Culture of Neurodiversity in school and at work. So now,、uh, public schools have this manga available for students to read.
and uh, ed- vocational schools for nursing, as well as universities of medicine, keep this manga series as recommended uh, readings. And Okita herself gives a lecture on Hatta Shogai at school and on TV too. And interestingly, um, her incentive to write this manga was Nonami Tsunad Akira san wa Asperger, ga, which I analyze in the next chapter. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much for your answer again. So now let's turn to chapters. Sorry, chapter six. So for this chapter, I want to invite you to talk about Nanomi Juna's husband, Akira, has Asperger's syndrome. Yeah, uh, so husband Akira has Asperger's syndrome is the title, and it's a eight-volume autobiographical comic series uh, by Nonami Tsuna, as you said. And it, uh, this whole series was published by uh, com- cos- Comic Shupan, Cosmic Shupan from 2011 to 2017. And in this memoir, Nonami appears as wife Tuna, that, as a narrator and central character of this of the series. And volumes one to four are about her husband Akira's adult Asperger's syndrome, Otona no Asperger, which is very common in Japan, and uh, how it has affected their marriage and family life. By contrast, uh, volumes five to seven focus primarily on her Cassandra syndrome. In that, the last chapter, volume eight, is on her reflection of courtship, marriage, and parenthood with Akira and their eventual separation. So the, as a reader will learn, Tsuna's Cassandra syndrome is quite a debilitating health issue. And this manga was the first graphic memoir about Cassandra until it came out in 2011. Most people had no idea how mentally and physically demanding this experience was. So what is Cassandra syndrome, right? Well, Cassandra syndrome is a mental health phenomenon experienced primarily by women trapped in a close relationship with an Aspie, a person with Asperger's syndrome. And interestingly, the name Cassandra is de- uh, derived from Greek mythology, uh, Princess of Troy. So the story goes like this. The Olympian uh, deity Apollo gave Cassandra the ability to foresee the future. But when she refused his romantic advances, Apollo was upset and put the curse on her so nobody would take her prophecies seriously. And, you know, as as you know, Troy got destroyed because nobody listened to her, right? So that's how the name came out. And um, typically, wives become distressed by communication difficulties and relationship troubles with their Aspie partners. And then, ironically, they become isolated due to a lack of social support and understanding from those close to them, like family and friends. So they eventually develop psychological problems such as depression and anxiety disorders, like wife Tuna. 
And Cassandra syndrome does not happen by itself. It only develops in reaction to uh, their partner's Asperger's syndrome. Nor is it limited to domestic partners. It may be experienced by anyone with a close relationship to an Aspie, such as parents, children, siblings, and co-workers. So just to be clear, um, it doesn't happen to every, every partner, though. Um, just there's enough to see as a pattern. And this condition is not officially recognized as a disorder in DSM-5 yet. But several books have been written, including the seminal work by the British counselor, Maxie Aston. And so Nonami's manga has empowered Cassandra Tojisha by making the knowledge of the syndrome public. And it made a huge difference in the degree of their suffering. And now in Japan, Cassandra self-help groups have sprung up. And to me, this case demonstrates that Tojisha manga has the power to easily uh, disseminate medical information to lay people, the general public. Thank you. Okay, thank you again for your answer. So now let's turn to the last question today. For the last question, I want to invite you to talk about the remaining three books, Izama, in your research. Thank you. And my answer is going to be a little bit longer because it includes all three books. Um, so, yes, two of the Tojisha books, uh, Tojisha manga, I analyzed are on depression. And first, Tanaka Keiichi's Utsunoke is a graphic memoir about his lived experience of Utsu or depression in Japanese. And it begins with his own story, followed by 16 episodes of other Tojisha. And Tanaka himself is a parody manga artist, so he he makes great use of humor to lighten up this heavy topic of mental illness. And Utsunuke was published in 2017 in a multicolor digital uh, medium, which is kind of rare. In the title, Utsunuke is a metaphor he invented, meaning coming through the tunnel. And this tunnel is an imagery referring to his being stuck in a dark place with feelings of sadness and a lot loss of interest in living. And uh, Tanaka himself almost killed, yeah, killed himself. Yeah, another visual technique of Tanaka's is a personification of depression. He drew these innocuous tameable minions named Utsukun. And according to him, such personification was necessary to create a healthy psychological distance from, in his own words, this, quote, miserable, excruciating experience, unquote, of depression. And then this manga's target readers are fellow depression Tojisha because he wanted to help other people to get through this dark depression tunnel successfully. So Utsunuke became so popular that it was uh, adapted into a television drama series in Japan. And then next one is, um, second one is Depression Memoir uh, by Hosoka Tenten, 
それがうつになりまして or in English, my significant other has got depression. And it's a three-volume series. And Hosokawa is a wife of a depression tojisha tsude. So this, this one was written for uh, not tojisha themselves, but more like uh, for families and especially wives like her uh, of depression tojisha. And this manga became an instant hit when the first volume came out in 2006. And right away, it was adapted into a TV drama and later a popular film. Uh, one of the visual strategies Hosokawa used is softening, softening the possible impact of this grim topic depression through cute and comical drawings. And again, I'm sorry I can't share any of these great drawing samples from her manga. But if you see them in my book, yeah, you will know that how um, uh, how Hosokawa used images such as uh, turtle bed, depression, ear puffs, sadness catching antennas, and a visual metaphor of waves, depression waves. So her cute doll-like characters have healing effect. And I highly recommend this manga, especially if you have anyone, if you know anyone who suffers from depression. And the last one is uh, a uh, graphic memoir, uh, Uchi no OCD, which is about uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. The author Shiramizu Sadako is a wife of Ashka, an OCD tojisha. And uh, this work is essentially husband-wife collaboration because the main characters were drawn by Shinamizu while the background and props are done by Ashika because he was also an illustrator. And for the plot, uh, she interviewed Ashika and used his visual imagery. So naturally, the story is narrated not only by her, the caregiver, but also by him, the tojisha. And one of their great visual strategy is the personification of Ashka's anxiety, which is conceptualized as a monster, fuan monster, uh, anxiety monster in Japanese. So as you know, people with OCD typically experience an uncontrollable sensation, such as fear of contamination or the urge to double check, right? Which can get them into a panic mode. So when that happens, Ashka was usually mortified and couldn't do anything. But fortunately, after the, the treatment, he gradually became able to ignore this Juan monster, even though he still felt, felt it, it's there, right? So it's the power of treatment. And other interesting visual strategies are also used in this memoir, especially to describe what's going on in Ashka's mind, inside Ashka's mind, something we cannot see from outside, right? So I believe this manga is a, a great example that Tojisha manga can make invisible things visible. And so in the end, I would like to um, summarize. The, all in all, these six, uh, these five titles are just a fraction of many Tojisha manga, which is a growing genre of autobiographical comics on mental health issues.
and its publication has actually intensified during this pandemic. And yet, Todisha manga is still an underappreciated, less internationally researched area of Japanese popular culture. So I believe we should pay attention to Todisha manga, and especially for these reasons. First, just as one of the disability studies model goes, nothing about us without us, right? So we must hear, we must listen to Todisha's own voices because hearing directly from them will help us recognize biases and misunderstandings in the, the representation of mental disability in media. And uh, second, the first person narratives like Todisha manga is more authentic and relatable than fictional uh, mental health stories in other genre, genres of uh, comics. And Todisha manga not only illuminate, but also humanizes otherwise faceless people's invisible tribulation, such as depression and anxiety disorders. So third, with this book, I really want to promote the awareness of mental disability and help build a public discourse where we can talk about our own or our loved ones lived experience of mental health issues without fear, without stigma, and without negative repercussion. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for your talking. Um, I really appreciate that. So at the end, again, I want to talk to our audience, our listeners. So I want to say as a disability historian, I very appreciate reading Dr. Yoshiko Okuyama's recent, I mean, newest book, Tojisha Manga, and I want to recommend any of our listeners with interested, I mean, in in disability studies, in mental health studies, in comic book studies, and the Japanese culture. You may consider buy a copy of Dr. Yoshiko Okuyama's newest book, Tojisha Manga. Thank you so much for your listening. Thank you, Sue.